0: Back. Welcome to our podcast, Two Yoke Girls. This is Jillian, and I'm joined, as always, with Lorraine. Hi. <laughs> but not as always, today with our special guest, Yolanda, who, it's. this is a hard introduction because Yolanda means so much to both of us that it's very hard to kind of wrap up an intro for her, but she is the co-owner and founder of... Lexington Power Yoga, which we now call LPY, and she's a mom of four, an extremely successful and hardworking person who does other money things that I don't quite know the (laughs) exact titles of, (laughs) and one of the best people we know. Hi,
1: guys. Sorry, I was looking at my screen, and all of a sudden there was a thumbs up on my screen. <laughs> I was like, "What is that doing there?" I'm so glad to be here. I love this podcast. Um, I know I've told both of you this, but this is my favorite podcast to run to because I feel like I just get to go on a run with you guys or whoever happens to be a guest on the show. So I'm super happy to be here myself today.
0: That's yes. the best. She's a big fan. <laughs> Our only I'm fan. A big fan. <laughs> one of our biggest and our only fans so yo, know, for those people who don't know you who listen to our little podcast um tell us about well let's start let's let's start way back in the beginning with kind of your beginning career and how you got to co-own and found like lexington power yoga
1: sure so um so how many years are we now? Nine, nine years ago. Um, so I, um, have worked in the finance profession for 25 years, I guess. Um, and I had it, had a nice long career at, um, Fidelity, which I loved and still have a lot of amazing friends there and connections. Um, and then, when I got pregnant with our fourth child, so I have four kids, um, twins who are 17, a 15 year old and a 13 year old. And when I got pregnant and, and that whole story will we'll weave into my yoga practice and how that came to be. But when I got pregnant with my 13 year old, um, I, I just needed a break from you know kind of corporate America. I was traveling a lot um and really felt torn in terms of the career home thing I distinctly remember being jealous of my nanny and feeling like the kids loved her more than I did and you know all these like I just remember stewing over all these silly things um that the kids didn't like me and I was choosing career over them which of course was not the case but um any of you listeners who've struggled with the, with the mom career, you know, work-life balance thing. Um, It was really tough for me at the time. And so anyway, I decided I was going to stay home with my kids um, indefinitely. Basically I retired and said, you know, I'm going to be a stay at home mom. Now I had four kids in four years. There was needless to say a, a lot going on at home. And it was, I mean, it was awesome. Like I will forever cherish those years with little kids, Um, you know, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems, this this stage I'm feeling right now. Um, So I did that, I left, I stayed home, and a couple years into it, I I just, I was itching, I didn't feel um, completely fulfilled, right? I I felt, um, I know I just missed I missed colleagues. I missed that sense of identity. Um, so I ended up going back into another finance job at a, at a smaller firm. Um, and, and long story short, it was um, the firm ran into some troubles. And during that time, while I was there, I, I started, I was um, attending a, what is now our Woburn studio. I started going to yoga there. Um, It was prana power yoga. And I started going to yoga there increasingly regularly. So after I had my fourth child, I was a big runner. Um, I ran 365 days a year for something like 20 years straight, which was sort of ludicrous. Um, And then pregnancy was the first thing that it interrupted that streak. And after giving birth to my last child, I, I just couldn't go back to the running. Everything hurt my pelvis was messed up my everything it just it didn't feel the same um and I saw all sorts of doctors you know chiropractors physical therapists orthopedic surgeons and not to knock any of those professions but yoga was the one thing that actually started making things not hurt as much Um, and I was able to slowly start running again as long as I did yoga regularly Um, And I loved it. I loved it. And I got addicted so quickly. And Lorraine will remember because I used to do two classes in a row. I'd go on a run and I'd do Lorraine's class. And then they'd do Molly's class right after. I was such an addict. Um, And every day I would go, I was like, God, this place is just packed. I mean, this is amazing. And so here I am in this finance job that's not going so well still feeling like I want to be home more, but I do need that career. And at the same time, and I don't even know how I stumbled upon this, but, um, Lexington changed their zoning laws to, for the first time, allow for group fitness in the center of town. So all these things were happening at once, basically like career going south or finance career going south, loving yoga seeing that yoga was so popular and was helping me so much and what now looked to be a business opportunity in Lexington. Um, and so I'll tell the quick story, Jillian, if that's okay. Um, oh, wait, of how we met. No, I get to yes, tell that no story. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I started researching um, locations in Lexington and naively almost rented what used to be the Panera Bread space. Oh my God, that would have gone under in a heartbeat. No, was a gazillion dollars. Next No, I looked at Panera too. Oh my God. A gazillion dollars. Yeah. Anyway, so I started um, researching spaces to rent in Lexington and I, you know, had all these spreadsheets and I was like, I'm going to do this. And then I met Jillian. I'll pause. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm
0: going to jump in because I think my version of the story is so good. So it's funny how things work out in, in this life. Um, because I had seen Yolanda at Prana before I knew she was Yolanda and she would, she would be front row, like popping headstands and handstands and like doing ab work before class, you know, when the rest of us are like sitting and talking or like (laughs) calming down. (laughs) And um, I brought Tim with me because I wanted him to see how many people were in that room as well. Because I had had this, you know, holy crap, there's a ton of people in this room. This could be a real thing. Same thought as you. And he said to me, "Oh, I know her. That her name is Yolanda Taylor. She she has she actually has four kids, and she works in my industry. And so he had heard of you and his boss at the time." had worked with you, Stan, anyway. So he knew of you and I didn't know of you at all. And, you know, fast forward the months of looking in the same spots, we also had become aware that Lexington was a spot that would make sense and that had, would have demand. And so I kept looking at spots and the realtor kept being like, oh, there was somebody just in here looking at these same spots. So we knew it was a race. We had heard about each other through the grapevine and we knew it was a bit of a race and um, I signed a lease or at least I I put it out there that I signed a lease I don't think I had officially signed it yet and <laughs> I get an email from Yolanda out of nowhere because I don't know her at all it's sim- essentially said this is my dream like I've been working on it I'm determined so like let's meet and figure out what we can do world. So I'm going to open up right next door to you, <laughs> essentially put you out of business. Oh, it's just like a shark. So, um, we met and I think we met for an hour, the four of us, our, us and our husbands. And, uh, it was instant. It was, it wasn't like I knew everything would work out, but it was like, this I think is going to work and we should try it. And, from that day forward, we've had kind of one of the best partnerships ever, including in my own marriage. Like, you know, (laughs) I would put it right up there with a a business partnership is like that. And and it's always felt like that, like we figured it out. And, um, but it was just a funny start because it could have gone so many ways and then it ended up just perfectly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I know it's, um, I, the day we met, I was flying to France. I think it was that same day, like three hours later, and he literally shook hands and said, and I said, okay, I'll call my realtor and say, no, thanks. And I'll sign your lease and, and didn't even hesitate. And in some ways it was so naive and, and maybe we were just lucky, but I do think it's a lot. More than that, we were lucky that we brought in Lorraine and we were lucky that we asked the right person that knew that Lorraine was sort of in between and you know, had just had a kid and was kind of getting a little itchy herself. And you know, I think that in general, like if you just think about life and career, I mean, a huge aspect is luck and timing. Mm. and there was a lot that just went right from a luck and timing standpoint here um, one of my favorite podcasts actually is um the how I built this by Guy Raz yeah and he asks every entrepreneur that like what percent of this was luck and timing versus hard work and they all answer the same thing which is basically both but I, I totally agree right like we've all worked hard. We've had good luck. We've had good timing, maybe not so much right now. Um, And, you know, and just, you know, the three of us, I think being, you know, you, you, you adapt, you figure each other out, you know, when to be quiet, you know, when to speak up, like you don't get that with every person for sure, but we've had magic that has been so natural. yeah, so thankful.
0: Yeah, and I think it took, like, I think it was luck and timing, you know, with all of us, but we we did interview before we we found Lorraine, I mean, as soon as we met with Lorraine, which was before the studio opened, two months before the studio opened? Yeah, I think so, maybe a month. Like, we had one sit-down, was that Panera Bread? I think so. Yeah, we had one sit-down, and we just knew and we had talked to other people before that and it was kind of like ah you know maybe but we just knew instantly as soon as we got to talk to Lorraine how did you know that you wanted to do it
2: Lorraine? (laughs) Well, I mean, it's so interesting being on the other side because both of you practiced and were at my class and I never really thought that Yolanda liked me much because she would always leave my class right when I thought it was getting good. I'm like, oh God, it's about to get like so good. Like she was just here for the stuff that feels routine and anybody could do almost. And then she leaves because of course, Molly's next door. So, I mean, who wouldn't go go over there if you have the time? Um, So. It was one of those things where it's like I don't know that she likes me but she's here and she's committed and she's dedicated and it's so good to see her when she comes in. Um and I know I can feel that she loves yoga. And so you know it's just one of those things you keep doing your job. And she called and she said hey I have something that I think would interest you and I'm like she's calling me like there are so <laughs> many other teachers and other people and I feel like our community is so big. I'm like this sounds fantastic. Yeah, let's meet, let's figure this out. And so from my perspective, it just felt like th- the ideal timing and this wonderful way of when you keep teaching and you keep showing up and you don't take anything personally and you know you you let somebody do what they're gonna do in their practice, whether it's leaving early or whatever it is, suddenly it's like, oh, it wasn't about me. And then and then I was invited into this really cool like, amazing opportunity for where I was somebody who has kids already. I was just starting, you know, on that journey of being a mom and balancing a career. And it felt like Yolanda was light years ahead of me in a way that could be a really cool guiding force. And I felt like she was not only bringing me in, but also watching out for me. And so there was something that felt like, Oh my God, I can't wait to see what's next. And then that's where it, you know, kind of started. Mm.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so, um, what you say, Lorraine, I've always loved you. I have, I (laughs) swear to God, but when I did, when I first started doing yoga, I was looking for two things. Probably I was looking for, you know, something to help. It was sort of chronic glute hamstring issues. I think because of my screwed up pelvis from pregnancy that wouldn't go away. So I was looking for something to help alleviate that. But secondly, I was just looking for more workout time, right? Workout for me has always been my therapy, my place I could go. It just always makes me feel better after. And I I think the timing worked that I did maybe half of your class. And then I moved into Molly's room and did her class because to me, that was like, I can get, you know, more to help my gluten hamstring and I can get more workout time in and my practice has evolved like so much since then. And I loved the session you did with Becky page, where she was talking about the recovery aspect, because I would say for me, that's probably still like the biggest element, um, that, yo- you know, that I use yoga for to, you know, cause I like running and cycling, um, but when she talked about mobility, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Um, but to me, it's like, so, It's like I can't believe that I would leave a class halfway through. And so like, I would leave a class halfway through, and then I moved myself up to, I would leave a class at 55 minutes or before Shavasana, because I couldn't deal with Shavasana. And now the idea I have of not taking like that complete class so you get every element of it. Like it's whole, like, I hate when I have something where I have to leave five minutes early. And I like really, really mean that. I think some people still don't believe me. Like Jen Bellis would be like, really? And I'm like, no, really, Jen, because I really love Shavasana now. But um, my love Lorraine moment, my, I told you this, but I, you know, I did not Iron Man, not like Becky Page does Iron Mans, but with the goal of, you know, completing one because it had always been that like oh my god these people are crazy super human beings and wouldn't it be amazing to have sort of a bucket list to finish one and I ended up doing two but the first one I did I was literally drowning in the water and the order of events is swim bike run and I was having a panic attack in the swim which is super common for you know non-experienced people And I didn't know what to do. And I held on to a kayak at one point and I was hyperventilating. And then I, I got Lorraine in my head and I was hearing her voice and it was like, focus on your breathing. And I started like talking to myself as though Lorraine was talking to me and it got, it got me through. Mm -hmm. Um, and somehow i finished and got out of that water and i'll i'll never forget that moment it was so like surreal in a way
2: i love that so much i told becky page that when i know that somebody's doing something very physical it's almost my goal to just be that anchor where I know it's going to get tough. And so when you were training for it, I would hold you longer in certain things or talk. It was directly to you because I knew, and I felt like I was running and competing vicariously through you. So that means the world to me. And I, I love it. I've, and I feel completely like you've been a guiding force in a lot of my career and in the way that I teach and in the way that we relate. And Jill, I think that, you know, the way that you and I relate and Yolanda relates, it's just this really lovely cycle of being able to trust one another and keep building and keep going so that when I need those moments of like, what am I going to do? I call on each of you and how you support me to keep going or to show up, um, which has been really amazing to have such a clear guiding force.
0: Yeah. I think um, it's funny because if anybody we used to joke that there was only one yoga studio owner who never ever stayed for Shavasana. And that was Yolanda. <laughs> she loved yoga, but not really, like not the yeah. whole thing of yoga. Um, and it's been such a huge transformation. And I think you in general, like from my perspective, and correct me if your perspective is different, because it is your, you, it is you. Um, but you're somebody who's just highly driven. And, um, I think your brain and your body are busy a lot and you use exercise as a way to kind of balance things out for yourself and relieve stress, relieve anxiety, relieve, um, tension. And, um, so, And I think a lot of what we get at LPY in the very beginning is people just like that who are like highly driven, highly successful, looking for a little something different, but for what feels like a good workout. And the way that your practice evolves, I think, is the way many, many people do is that they start to learn the kind of benefit of recovery.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the thing too is like, um, you know, I did this thing once where you had to track your water consumption and then make a little journal of like, Oh, I drank three glasses of water yesterday. And today I felt, Oh, I felt a little sluggish or whatever. And then maybe the next day you drank five. And then in your journal, you're like, Oh, I actually felt incrementally better today. And I've never done that with yoga, but I know that with yoga. Right. And like, I've gone through periods or even in the beginning, like when when COVID first hit, I like stopped doing yoga altogether for a while and it showed up. It showed up in my body. Um, Is that me? I'll stop while we turn that off. I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, it showed up in my body, like everything started to get tight again, and um, and and I noticed it showed up in my mood. Like I just, I felt off Um, and I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm like addicted to yoga now, right? Like I need it, not necessarily every single day, but if I don't practice or at least do most of a practice four to five days a week, like something doesn't feel right, whether it's my hamstrings or it's my hips or it's my mood or my head. Um, something doesn't feel right.
0: Yeah, it's totally evolved though too in that like it's not the same practice as it was 10, 15 years ago. Like you in general are following the same flow as everybody but there's still parts of class where you're taking your own postures and your own time doing things and so It's really you who's kind of worked out, like, what does my body need and what does my mind need? And that's the, that's the, the biggest, highest compliment that you could give a studio or teachers is that the people in the room have enough anonymity, if that's the right word, you know what I'm saying? Anonymity. Anonymity, yeah. (laughs) To be able to like get in there and get in their own space and, and create what they need to relax, you know, cause we're just looking yeah. to give them the tools. And so you should you know, all the credit to, to be able to figure that out for your own body and your own mind. What keeps exactly. you Exactly. I remember
1: um, I went through a phase. This was, this was definitely more in the early days, but it was a super fun phase where I wanted to, you know, learn all the inversions. Um, and I yeah. took a whole bunch of privates, um, you know, I took some from Linda Uh, And that was fun. And then once I, I mean, I, I still can't do handstands, but once I learned most of them, I was like, all right, check. like now what? Um, And so there's been, there's been phases. And I would say the phase I'm in now is like, I really appreciate the slower, like more deliberate classes that, allow you to hold poses a little longer, allow you to, you know, give the muscles like more time to loosen up and makes you more aware of your breathing. Um, but the Yolanda yoga practice from 10 years ago, Oh my God, I could never say that. Like that just wasn't it at all. And I'm, I'm sure there'll be a next chapter, a next phase. And I assume you both have been through the exact same thing, like different phases in your own practice.
0: Yeah. I think that's the beauty of yoga, right? Like if you're doing, well, I guess I don't know enough about like orange theory or CrossFit, um, to say this, but like, I think that the, that the yoga practice in itself, because there is no kind of end goal and that it is just a journey and that it is ever changing. Um, it, it just feels like there's so much, it can go with you throughout your life for what you need. Like, do you need more intensity? Do you need more recovery? And so just being able to figure that out as you go.
2: Yeah, I think Yola, what you have is this really cool desire to keep pushing an edge or an envelope of self-awareness. I don't know if you would say that, but I feel like I see it. There's room to keep discovering and whether it's pushing the edge with sleep or recovery or even, you know, pushing yourself physically to keep working with the model of doing triathlons so that you're doing them with your kids and they get that same spirit of finding what they need when they need it, being able to push, but then also having some room to lean back and learn. I think you do a really good job of that. Um, The other thing that I get curious about is you've also delved into some meditation stuff. And I don't know if that feels like it's grabbed you enough to feel sticky or if that's changed in when it, comes to yoga and your practice if that's an element that you're also sort of pushing the edge with
1: I wish I really <laughs> wish I was <laughs> you are um, no I honestly I've so th- I loved that session of the gratitude challenge I did and I really loved the meditation piece in the beginning but it was because I was looking at you, Lorraine, and there were other people, even you know, if our cameras were off or on. But I've tried at different points to do audio only meditation or try to incorporate. And I have so many type A friends, and I think even it started with Dan Brown. When Mm. I first heard about him and his background, and I was like, okay, this is a super type A guy, right? Oh, Dan Harris. Dan Dan Harris. Harris. Dan Dan Brown, the author. Yes, super type A guy. And I was like, okay, if he can take on meditation in such a powerful way, like, surely I can. And I have tried so many times, and I even say to myself, it's okay. You can do meditation while you're running on the treadmill. Like you can do meditation while you're driving. And I've gotten that far, but I but maybe for like two weeks straight. And then I stop. And it's so interesting, like the way you just characterize me, Lorraine. I, I think because I, I love like challenges and then sometimes I love like a lot of micro challenges. So micro challenge, like I went vegan and then vegetarian a couple of years ago, and it's stuck and I love it. And I feel like I would never go back. We all have the whoop and that's not like a challenge per se, but it's data we get on our sleep and our, you know, fitness and recovery on a daily basis. And I love it. And from a micro challenge perspective, like it's, you know, I make small adjustments to my sleep or whatever, based on that data. So I'm always doing like big challenges, along with little like micro challenges. And I feel like meditation is like that last, call it micro or macro challenge that I just haven't been able to get.
2: Mm. That's fascinating to me because I think that if, if you really looked at it, you're probably able to meditate and meditating more than you actually give yourself credit for. I think a lot of type A meditators, especially might not even realize there's space where they're paying attention on purpose to the present moment, even if it's just for a moment. And so what helps me create a a habit is looking at my whoop actually. And if I've meditated for a handful of days, my recovery generally increases, but it's not Mm. right away. And it reminds me of how meditation works. It's sort of a slow burn. And so if you're so type A that you want that instant feedback, that comes from actually feeling the experience and then noticing how you're just a little bit different after a minute of paying attention to the moment on purpose, right? So it's such an interesting thing. I feel like it could relate really easily and well to your personality and your character. And it gives me room to play with that edge a little bit and to figure out how to weave in meditation for people who want to, but feel like they're not doing it. So I think you're probably doing it more than you realize, but then it gives me that challenge to create room where people feel like they are successful meditators and that it does work. And it is working while they're doing it and even after they're doing it. So I think it'll be be interesting. Yes,
1: To be continued. Exactly,
2: it's
0: exciting. (laughs) It's funny because what you do, even like back in the day, if you did 20 minutes of a yoga class, you would still say you were doing yoga. If you missed Shavasana, you were still saying you did yoga. Um, it's just, I think a perspective on on the success of it and because mm. so I think it's not even though Lorraine, like you just said, um, if you want instant gratification from meditation, it's being able to kind of feel how even after a minute you've changed. I actually think that that's where just super highly driven people or impatient people get tripped up because, for most of us, like sitting for a minute is almost in the quiet and in the still painful, like it brings up all the stuff. It's very hard. So after a minute, it's hard to really say like, oh, I've changed when, when all your shit has, is just like in your face for one minute, um, <laughs> for however many minutes. So meditation is, it's a long game. I think it's mm-hmm. a long game and that's okay. But It also has to be like less, I think we have to rearrange what we feel is success, like when I'm meditating or how I'm meditating, Um, because I know that Yolanda is doing it without even thinking she's doing it, meditating.
2: I mean, I think it takes a lot of internal focus and awareness to do a lot of the things that you do. And just like when we were talking to Becky Page, it's like a mindset you can't even separate from it. It's just, I do what I do. And my habits come from the fact that I, I do them. There's not a whole lot of thought behind why I do what I do. I just have this intrinsic internal motivation. And so it's fascinating to work with people who really are so driven that you can't even separate what makes you driven. It's just the way that it, that it goes in a daily, you know, set of habits. So mm.
0: it's, it's yeah.
2: fun to work with for sure. That makes sense. It's good. Well, yeah. Um, Yo, I also know one last thing. There's something that you do really well, and that is create friendships and support. And I don't know if you know where that comes from or how it's become part of your personality. Um, But I do know that the people, that there is often an outpouring of support and connection that comes directly from you. Um, and I guess my question is, is it something that feels conscious or is it really just something that happens organically?
1: Well, I guess thank you. Um, I don't know. I think it's an interesting. I, you know, we we all I I've spent um a lot of time reflecting. I would say having kids was probably a pivotal reflection time for me, where it caused me to reflect on my own childhood and how I was raised. Um, But I think it also made like those early days with young kids, right? Like your friends are so invaluable and fellow moms to sort of share, to share and have as a support network. But I spent so many years of my life, like on sort of a singular mission. And it was funny because I went back to a reunion like 10 years ago or something like that. And all these people from undergrad were like, are you still running? Are you still super into your career? And I'm like, oh my God, the only two things you remember about me. But for so many years, like I was all about moving up the corporate ladder and I sacrificed or lost touch with a lot of really good friends, like from college from high school. And I don't maybe having kids wasn't the exact like pivotal moment. But there was a, and it wasn't like a Oh, aha moment per se. But as you know, we get older, and I think about like, what really matters in life. um, Friends are everything friends and family are everything like they really, really are. And I Yes, an element of that is like maybe a trite statement, but I think we've really felt that with COVID, right? Um, That first year of COVID, like friends and family were everything. So at some point, and it definitely like has to do with shifting priorities as it relates to like career um, and that sort of thing. I think there, I made more of a deliberate effort to keep in touch with people to you know try to reach out and like care about my friends um so i don't know if that makes sense but yeah um... Yeah, i remember
0: on the day uh lpy opened and lorraine and i were at the front desk and just well first of all our first like membership people Who Mm -hmm. paid above and beyond any membership um, were all your friends, and then you just kept getting flowers all day long from friends congratulating you. And Lorraine and I were like, "Holy crap! (laughs) Like she must be, she must be a great friend and have to have this many friends who think about you and come and show up for your big moments." Like it, and you do, and that's because you can, you keep you as we later learned show up for your friends for their birthdays and for Christmas and you check in at all the time and so I think it is deliberate on your part but it's doesn't feel forced Ever. right right and I, you know
1: what I also think like just what you said is really it, a lot of it is it just a testament to what a amazing community Lexington is yes and you know at LPY, we've been able to broaden that community to different towns but it's still kind of the same community um but I'm so thankful like we've found an, a really great home in Lexington with a lot of great people um, mm. who take care of each other yeah, yeah I think wonderful. that that's
0: the way we got through this pandemic when nobody else, yeah. not nobody, but very few people have gotten through is that our community is really, really strong. Uh, they care about each other and and LPY. Yeah,
2: yeah I think um, we've also learned to fearlessly rely on each other. Like, it's okay that things will and do and have fallen apart or will fall apart. Um, because when you have good partnerships, you're really not alone. And so I think there's some secret sauce to that, to that ability to lean in. Just like you said, Jill, it felt like it was like your marriage, the relationship with a business partner. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs go in alone and hope for their own personal luck and timing. And so when you have three people and they each have their own luck and timing as it connects with one another, I mean, there's just so much more luck that keeps getting created and so much, you know, good timing. So when my timing's off, your timing is on. And so it just feels like, all right, I'm going to step back. I'm going to lean in. And there's a little bit of a dance that happens. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, so
0: and I'm oh, sorry. I think that's not just luck, but that's like commitment to each yes, other. Like we have exactly. done a lot of that dance. Like for heaven's sakes, I've had four kids in nine years. Lorraine's had a baby, a toddler, and then had another kid. Yolanda's had jobs, other jobs. And then we had COVID. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and there's so many times when any of us, like when things could have shifted or changed. I mean, in the beginning, I can remember being petrified that we were going to lose Lorraine. Remember Yolanda, we used to like email each other and and plot how we can keep her
1: closer to us it's so true. like when things are when things are too good you start to like yes. fear like oh my god what will happen because it's too good right like, yeah if, I remember if, that we, Jillian would email me she'd be like I just have a bad feeling Like <laughs> she, she looked a little off yesterday <laughs> like, what are you talking about <laughs>
0: and it's changed and it's grown. Like we, we, it's been, it's, it's gone from a business relationship to a true friendship, to being able to navigate business through friendship. Um, and,
1: well and bad.
0: even, and even, yeah, beyond it. So it's just been, we're very lucky.
2: It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, thank you for your time as always. Um, you're thank always so generous with showing up and leaning in and being there. So, thank you for being a star guest. We could not wait to interview you and we're just so grateful for more conversations to come. Good. Yay. So, I'll play us out with uh, our dear friend and fellow teacher and community member, Mike Borgonzano. Uh, there's his original song. It's called Be a Bee. And on Spotify, he's Mikey Bikes. And he's just an all-around good guy. Thanks again. We'll see you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.